We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. What up, Chiefs Kingdom? It is us. It is BJ Kissel, Ken Swanson, <laughs> Tucker Franklin from the Kingdom Bar and Grill out in Overland Park, Kansas for your KCSN Live postgame show. Chiefs 30, Raiders 29, overcoming a 17 to nothing deficit and the rate or the referees crap to oh. pull out this victory. <laughs> Just did a three and a half, four hour live show. Um, second screen watch party. Appreciate everybody for coming over that was watching that. But uh Kent. Initial thoughts, man. I know I'm all over the place. I'm in yeah. a glass case of emotion. This was one of the most. I, I it was supposed to be such a calm, docile game for me, and then it just got hyper emotional very quickly. I am like coming down from adrenaline from the call on Chris Jones. It's it's been insane. This has been an absolutely insane day. Chiefs pull it out. Chiefs earned it. Ball, don't lie. All right, we are going to talk about the refs right off the top because there's no way we can talk about this game and not talk about Chris Jones just apparently pissing off Carl Sheffers. <laughs> something happened. There's something there uh, with two just completely egregious one call, one non-call at the end of the game with the holding. Uh, but before we get to that, if you are watching this live on YouTube, please hit that like and subscribe button and go ahead and follow us and uh, let us know what you thought about that game in the comment section. Our guy Tucker will be asking you questions. Let us know what you thought about the game and respond to the different things that we're talking about. We'll bring up and, and react to your different uh, thoughts and questions from this game. But Kent, I know it's going to be the talk for the next few days. I know it's going to be the talk in the locker room. It's nice when the Chiefs can pull out the victory and guys can feel a little bit more freely to speak about what this game was about. Yeah. But I don't think that the NFL can go back and watch this game and not make some drastic changes to the way that they call roughing the passer. 
Yeah, they're going to have to. I mean, they're abs- they're going to have to, especially I mean, considering the context of the entire weekend with the egregious Tom Brady call earlier in the weekend too. Like, this isn't just the first time this isn't ha- this is happening. This isn't in a like this isn't a one time thing. There's been a couple of these instances recently where the refing the pastor's been awful. Just they yeah. they don't know how to call it, or they are just blatantly missing. I mean, it, it almost cost the Chiefs a game. The Chiefs should have won that game. At, I, I genuinely believe that the right team won that game. But it was closer than it needed to be, and I think there was a potential 10-point swing that happened in that last couple minutes of the first half. There were so many decisions from the the play calling for Andy Reid on that final drive. We talked about the second down carry to Clyde Edwards-Elair, and then the third down kind of shot play to McCole Hardman to going for two for Andy Reid and then going for two for Josh McDaniels and the way that that came out. And then, you know, we said it on the end of the second screen watch party that, you know, I think it was tweeted out earlier this week that Marty Schottenheimer always had a saying, keep it close, and at the end of the game, the Raiders are going to Raider. And then in the biggest play of the game, the last play of the game, two Raiders – basically ran into each other. Yeah. Uh, that Two of the Raiders' best receivers ran into yeah, each other. Yeah, Hunter Renfro running into Devontae Adams for something that is not going to sit well in that locker room. But um, kind of par for the course with this game. It was just a weird game uh, from the beginning with all those calls. And then the, non-hold, uh, the non-call on Chris Jones on the holding, which is complete. I don't know how you missed that call in that scenario because it's in front of absolutely everyone. Everyone saw that. So I think there's some moments where fans will – scream and cry for a blatant pass interference call. Like I think in the back end of a, of a, you know, the back seven, that's where a lot of that happens. A lot of times where you're seeing like a, a blatant pass interference yeah. call. Very rarely do you see a holding call where the entire stadium erupts. Like most of the time when those, the, 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 the crowd in unison freaking out over play, it's like a PI. It's a pass interference. No, this was a blatant hold that everyone and their mom saw except for the, the zebras. And, I don't, I mean, that was, that was, it's par for the course this week. The NFL has a problem, regardless of the Chiefs winning this football game. The NFL has a problem. I don't know how, I don't know what the answer is to fixing it, but they had a problem coming in. Like the storyline of Sunday was, was the roughing the passer call and it extended into the weekend. It's, 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 or into, into Monday. It's incredible. It's not consistent. The, the Chris Jones, I mean, we got to get to the rules as far as Derek Tart didn't even have the ball. At that point, so was he a quarterback at that point with the roughing the penalty, roughing the quarterback when he doesn't have possession of the ball going down to the ground? Uh, there's going to be a, I'm sure, a lot of discussion um, on every national talk show over the next couple of days about uh, roughing the penalty because the way that Tom Brady was thrown down, Mahomes was thrown down harder in that in this game. They didn't call that one, yeah. But then they call it on Chris Jones when all he's doing is taking the ball away and landing on top. And we talked about it again on the second screen watch party that I understand the not pile driving a quarterback into the ground and trying to protect quarterbacks in that way. But there has to be some form of common sense when making those calls as far as was he making a football play or was he not intentionally trying to hurt him or was he going overboard with his aggression that could lead to the faces of the NFL, which are the quarterbacks, which we get and understand. You don't want those guys getting hurt on plays that doesn't need to happen. But these guys work too hard. They bust their ass too much. It's too physical of a game to try to take that away from guys like Chris Jones in that kind of play. It wasn't even the hardest hit on Derek Carr on the day. Like, and that's the thing that's just kind of surprising. And again, it just continues to speak to the consistency of it because there was a play where George Karloftis was a hint late and got a nice little shot to the kidneys on Derek Carr, kind of piling on on yeah. Darius Harris's sack. Like, the the inconsistencies in this call are just like, I mean, and, and the whole point of this is to protect the quarterback. So maybe it's a makeup call for not calling it that next time. But I, 
I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to tell you. It's just too many inconsistencies with it. Yeah, we're going to bring on Maddie Lane and Craig Stout in here in just a bit as we get through some more of the headlines from this game. But you look at Patrick Mahomes' stat line. <laughs> it was We talked about it all week coming into this that he was close uh, to passing uh, Troy Aikman. Uh, on his career touchdown total list and what 100% of the touchdowns in 41% of the games. Yeah. Uh, the tweet that was put out by, you know, our good buddy, uh, Josh Briscoe, uh, which is amazing considering Troy Aikman was on the call. Um, they didn't bring it up. <laughs> huh. we, we were talking about whether there was going to be a, you know, a side bet, uh, or, you know, something on DraftKings as far as whether or not uh, they were going to bring that up. But uh, <laughs> They didn't talk about it. Yeah, and then Mahomes passed him. I mean, it wasn't just tying him. It was is beyond 100%. Yeah. The third touchdown ties it in 41% of the games, as Briscoe says. And then and then Mahomes takes it, uh, which I, it's just funny because, like, the way the game flow was early in the game, I had no inclination that Patrick Mahomes was going to throw four touchdowns. Yeah, and all just, to Travis Kelsey. All the Travis. <laughs> and we he became the second player yet. since 2013 to get four touchdowns in one game. I think the – third tight end since like 1980 uh, to do something like that. He has the stat line of the century, seven catches, 25 yards and four touchdowns. Uh, that's, he, he was the, he averaged the least amount of yards per catch of any player on uh, in the game. No. Yeah. In the game and scored four touchdowns still. Yeah. Unbelievable. Things, not a necessarily negative, but one of the things that's got to get figured out is the run defense, you know, it's been so good this season uh, that, you know, something was made or they, whether the Raiders exposed something or whether the chiefs didn't have a good answer for them going to six offensive linemen. We talked about, or they talked about it during the broadcast, uh, looking at some of like the average yards per play, they were averaging almost 10 yards of play with six offensive linemen yeah. on the field, which they had more than like nearly 50% of the time, in the first half, which is crazy numbers. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't just, they tried a few things and got some shot plays. They were consistently picking up chunk yards with an extra offensive lineman. Is that something that the chiefs are going to, see more of or is it just something that the Raiders are really really good at yeah I think that's going to be the big question for this team and I, I don't anticipate the Bills are going to try to emulate that necessarily I don't even think the Bills carry a fullback uh so you know part of that was you know hey six six offensive linemen a fullback they're playing 21 per, 20 personnel essentially uh with a with this 20 jumbo and I don't know if that's going to be the mo the model for maybe Buffalo but I could very much see uh some teams trying to emulate that later in the season I, I the next time the Chiefs play the Raiders their cheese are going to have to be prepared, prepared for that for sure. Yeah. Before we get to the headlines on defense again, we'll be Maddie and Craig on in just a minute. want to give a quick shout out. Um, obviously we're going to talk about Travis Kelsey. We're going to talk about, we already did a little bit, but talk about MVS uh, having a big game, but I want to shout out Jarek McKinnon mm. uh, for the game that he played when the chiefs were down 17 to nothing. That first touchdown drive that they got, it was basically on the back of Jarek McKinnon kind of an over my dead body type drive, especially that big one, big run. She's hadn't had a chunk play. Hadn't really done anything offensively before that. Um, that's notable. And for him to, to run through, give a little bit of spark. They went right back to him on the next play. Uh, Andy recapped him with a hot hand. I thought that was a huge difference in this game. There's so much to talk about that, you know, that, that performance could get lost. Cause we're gonna talk about the refs. We're gonna talk about all the records that were broken with Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, but shout out Jerick McKinnon for really stepping up when he was needed. Eight, uh, eight carries, 53 yards rushing, uh, a 30-yard rush, the second biggest play, I believe, of the game, second most explosive play for the Chiefs. McCole Hartman had a 36-yard um, yeah. catch. But, I mean, I think that's one of the things that um, that Jarek McKinnon does have in him. You know, he's got a little yeah. bit of juice, and, like, the explosive runs are not something that have, have come super easy for this team to this point in this season. I mean, they've been doing a good job. Like, last week, they did a really good job getting eight, nine-yard carries. 
the big explosive runs haven't necessarily been something that's been big a part a part of this run game. So getting a little bit of juice, that was a field flipper for them. That was that was massive, I think, for this team and, and kind of settling in a little bit. They tried to sling the ball around the yard, finally got on the ground a little bit, got the ground game going a little bit, and, and it was it was because of Jarek McKinnon. All right, let's move on to the defensive side again. We'll give a couple headlines and then bring Maddie and Craig on. But defensively, Craig, or Kent, what stood out to you the most? <sighs> Survive and advance, I think, a little bit, right? I mean, obviously, the run defense was was not great. And we talked a little bit about that six offensive linemen, you know, playing heavy personnel. Like, I mean, they, they, they came at them. But um, I think the Chiefs, you know, made some plays when they needed to. They played enough situational football late uh, that – Gave them an opportunity to, to close this game out. Um, hey, hey, that 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 third and one catch. To Devontae Adams just pushed uh, somebody. Yeah, he's that's probably the yeah. cameraman. Yeah, he he pushed a sound tech to the ground while he's going to the tunnel. Yep. So that probably that might warrant a suspension. I can see that, right? You would know better than I would. Yeah. Yeah. Comment section is talking a lot about that. Um, I think. Well, they got it on camera. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of stupid. Oh, kind of dumb. I got it, I got it. Yeah, I mean, you know, some situational football. Oh my god, what? You're putting Chris Jones on ESPN Live. Oh, and Patrick Mahomes. That'll be fun. They're gonna have Troy and him sit down. <laughs> hey, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe <laughs> button. Leave a comment. Uh. Is Kent shake Josh Josh Kaiser asks if I'm shaking from adrenaline or the temperature. I I think it's adrenaline. I'm yeah. genuine. Like so, when it's nice out, it's it great out. It doesn't feel too bad. When the call happened, I I've gotten adrenaline rush. I haven't felt since the Bengals game. I don't even want to say the Bengals, but I haven't gotten adrenaline rush like that since like the Bengals game, and my body did not take it. I can't believe I had to be on camera the entire time afterwards. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm shaking a little bit from that. Yeah. All right. Let's bring on Maddie and Craig right now to help break this one down. Yeah, we just got done talking to these guys for about three hours on our <laughs> second screen watch party. Uh, guys, now that you've had about 12 minutes to digest this victory, uh, Maddie, top takeaways from tonight. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take this. Oh, I'm sorry. I just got flagged for uh, roughing the pass. Maddie, go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, you know, that was a that was a game. Uh, that was a long game. I You know, there's positives, there's negatives, but that was just long. There's so many ups and downs throughout that whole game. I'm, I'm glad that the uh, that Hunter Renfro decided to run into Devontae Adams because uh, Juan Thornhill was in for a rough play there. Um, I think the ball was going to Adams, but, I mean, it didn't look great for any of the defenders in coverage in that way. So, you know, that worked out well for the Chiefs, but – Right, that was a game. That was a very long, long game as we were watching together. It it really was. Uh, there was a lot of kind of ugly uh, about it. Uh, the Chiefs defense, after playing really well for the first four weeks of the season, didn't look great. Uh, didn't look great tonight. Had moments. Uh, when they did have good moments, it seemed like flags came or flags didn't come. And that kind of stopped some of the momentum that they had. They They weren't able to overcome some of that. They had some really poor tackling to start the game, and that kind of allowed the Raiders to sustain some drives, get into some situations. That first touchdown pass to Devontae Adams shouldn't have happened because it should have been like a fourth and six or fourth and seven situation where they were punting the ball. Yeah. Just a lot of things that you can sit and nitpick about this, and yet Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes just kind of take over. Like They, they just kind of will this game to the Chiefs' side of the field, and that's the – the story is going to be about the refs. The story is going to be about 
you know, the, the way this game was played tight. Now, apparently about Devonte Adams shoving a cameraman, but it should be about Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes lighting up the Raiders. Guys, I, I do want to throw this at you. This isn't the first time the Raiders franchise has seen a Chiefs player catch four touchdown passes on them. Mm. You'll recall Jamal Charles doing it yep. a few years back. He had five for the game. So Travis had a couple more yards there. A few more yards. Those touchdowns were from a few yards out. They weren't exactly yeah, so in the red zone. Four it wasn't touchdown passes <laughs> for the second time in franchise history against the Raiders franchise. Things you love to see. Uh, it, I, you bring up kind of, hey, this is one of those Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, your stars put the team on the back kind of moments. And I mean, you got to remember, like, the Chiefs are good for a few of those every year. Like, this is not something, you know, abnormal. There's going to be plenty of games that uh, this season that you're going to go, hey, you know what? Uh, defense wasn't great. Something, hey, run defense wasn't great. But they didn't have Patrick Mahomes and we did. And that's really what mattered at the end of the game. Like that's going to happen a few times this season. Kind of thought that was going to be the case for the Colts game. Honestly, you know, like you, mm-hmm. you, you thought that was kind of just going to be one of those games where they gutted out and they figured out because, you know, they've got better players and better situational football moments. And uh, it didn't happen, you know, against the Colts this couple weeks ago happened this week. It's going to happen a few times again, this season, uh, you're going to, you're going to escape by the skin of your teeth, but the truth of the matter is the good teams, the best teams, in the NFL, this is how they kind of rise above their hit rate on games like this are typically a lot higher, uh, than, than when, uh, you know, than when, when lesser teams kind of, kind of get into those opportunities, get into those moments. Hence the Raiders are one in four. Um, anything else on the offensive side of the ball that kind of just gets overlooked on your guys' side, like from what you saw during this game offensively, I, we just talked a little bit about Jarek McKinnon, but is there anything else that kind of maybe you think got a little bit overlooked in this game on the offensive side of the ball, Matty? I mean, I, I think a lot because the chiefs really couldn't run the ball in this one, right? Like we're coming off this yeah. game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the best run defense in the NFL for the past, however long now, one of the best defenses and they could not run the ball outside of Jarek McKinnon's second and 17 run, in which the Raiders are like, hey, you want to pick up 10 yards in this run or whatever, so be it. It ended up being a huge gain, which was great, but the Chiefs couldn't run the ball. They seemed like they almost completely abandoned some of the stuff that was working versus the Buccaneers. Now, no Trey Smith probably plays a part in that. Nick yeah. Allegretti on some of his pulls was really struggling to pull around and kick out Chandler Jones specifically. like He was really struggling to land that block. So they were just stuck in their zone run game, and it looked a lot like it did any other time the Chiefs are stuck in their zone run game right now. So that's worth noting. But then the turnaround, the way the Chiefs were able to have the abysmal offense for the entire first half, essentially, not be able to run the ball. Their passing game isn't working because they can't block these defensive ends. In the second half, that wasn't a problem at all. The only time they were really pressured in the second half was maybe one or two Max Crosby great rushes, and then (laughs) they were sending pressure. And they got home a couple times, but that was it. It's like the offensive line and the offense as a whole had a fantastic turnaround there in the second half. And I think really figured some stuff out on how to win games when it's going like this. Oh, man. Yeah, the the second half offense, uh, by and large, was excellent. Like, everything seemed to be going pretty well for them couple of play calls that you know maybe you don't love but that happens in an Andy Reid game script especially in the second half and especially in the low red zone like stuff stuff like that happens so I'm not going to nitpick too much in the second half outside of that end of the game uh, play calling I did not love that 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 was that was rough I mean you 
They deserve to lose for that. Yeah, you. I mean, you call an outside run with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he's not been able to get things going particularly well. Jarek McKinnon, clearly the hot hand, not the guy who gets the ball in that scenario. Fine, whatever, you're in third and three. And then you kind of take a shot play to McCole Hardman. Um, and and uh, McCole, it props for toughing through a heel injury today, but he's covered. Like, I, you know, you, you're, you're kind of throwing the ball up and living to fight another day. That's fine. Then go for it on fourth down. Like, I mean, you're at midfield. Go for it on fourth down. Trust trust that you're going to be able to punch it in with your offense. It obviously worked. It obviously was a situation the Chiefs come out ahead. But that's one of those that I look back on and I think, oh, man, like that little end of the game sequence there. If the Chiefs had gone ahead, if the Raiders had gotten into field goal range and been able to kick a field goal to win this game as time expired, we'd all be sitting there talking about that end of the game sequence for the offense, not what happened on defense. I mean, 25 plus teams in the NFL probably beat the Chiefs in the Raiders position there. I mean, like it's I maybe it's not 25, but it's a lot more teams than you feel comfortable with making those decisions to again make an outside run out of you know out of if I believe it was out of the shotgun, even with a running yes. back who has struggled to get traction specifically in this game, but really all year out of the gun. You're gonna make that run to the outside towards Max Crosby, towards Andrew Wiley, towards Nick Allegretti, the guys that have struggled the most. You're gonna follow that up. And I get it that the Raiders gave you the proper coverage look, but it still resulted in essentially just being a shot play. They have one-on-one coverage running away from where the man defender is going to be, but it's going to a guy that can barely run full speed on, you know, on his heel. So yeah, that was a rough job. And then to just go ahead and punt the ball away, you're essentially saying, Hey, defense, you've stopped them two times all game. Go do it again. That was highly questionable. And it worked out. So probably nothing's going to come from it, but like that was just a highly questionable run of plays there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've got something here from the podium. Andy Reid says that Tershawn Horton suffered a torn ACL. Mm. Man. Um, that, that stinks. Man. Is this a contract year for him, too, I think? 
Uh, that that Gosh, really man. stinks, man. Feel bad that for really him. stinks. Turk, Turk's just that guy that just shows up and does it. And I, I mean, they they've got some depth on the defensive line. They'll be able to try and replicate what he's done. Colin Saunders filled in very admirably today, yeah. once again, all season long. But you hate to see a guy like that that's part of your strong dime rotation as one of your prime pass rushers be a guy that goes out. Really sucks for him. Yeah, uh, Colin Saunders, though, shout out to him for stepping in up in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had something I really wanted to talk to you guys about because I'm thinking I'm going to try to defend the logic of Josh McDaniels here. You ready for this? Oh, okay. you ready for this? You ready for this, Peach? Okay. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> all right. So here's here's what I here's what I see. Um, okay. So if the Raiders get it, they're up one, four and a half minutes left, and the Chiefs are kind of in a precarious situation, I think, because of the inconsistencies of their kicker. They don't have their main, they don't have their primary kicker. They have Matthew Wright. Matthew Wright's already missed a field goal. He already missed one that got called back. Like he's had his issues. He's been a little bit inconsistent. So I think you're looking at some of the situational football. What does Andy Reid continue? Like in, one of the things he really he, he leans on a little bit, he's, I think he tends to be a little bit more conservative with his play calling. I think we saw that again today when it's some of these four minute situations trying to move the ball down the field a little bit. I think there, there's a little bit of um, – they just they play it a little bit safe, right? Well, what happens if they get down into the – you know, into a makeable field goal range? If they get down to the 20, what are they going to – are they going to put the ball in the hands of Matthew Wright, a guy that's had his struggles kicking the ball? I think it kind of puts them in a little bit of a tough situation trying to navigate, hey, anybody but the best player in the world. Like, I think that four and a half minutes – was less about Mahomes and more about the the guys surrounding him. And I'm not trying to knock the guys that they have around him because they got plenty of talented football players. But I think the situational football, the four and a half minute, can at times kind of neutralize Mahomes. And also, you've got an inconsistent kicker. I think those were some of the factors that they were probably taking into consideration when they're trying to make that decision. I don't know if you guys want to dunk on me or push back in a big way. Matty looks like he's ready to chomp at the pit. Yeah, the Chiefs had scored four out of their last, or scored five out of their last five possessions, four of which were touchdowns. Yeah. The Raiders' defense wasn't stopping them. Like, the Raiders' defense wasn't getting a stop there, so you're making that entire decision based on a missed field goal, which I get it. It's definitely a possibility given what you've seen from Matthew Wright in this game with the doinked extra point with the missed field goal, but you're banking the win on this game based entirely on your opposition missing one decided they want to attempt a field goal and not just let the best player put another one in the end zone from the one yard line to Travis Kelsey. And then two, this kicker is going to miss another kick. Like, I don't know. I think that was, there was too much time left in my opinion, to go like, oh, hey, yes, we got a one-point lead versus Patrick Mahomes. Like, what does that really accomplish? A one-point lead versus Mahomes without much time just seems kind of silly to chase to me. But if, if I, Harrison yeah. Butker is on the roster, I agree. I think Matthew Wright plays into consideration. I think some of the play calling tendencies of Andy Reid in some of these situations takes into consideration. I think Matthew Wright's probably the thing that pushed it over, if I'm being honest. I don't think it's entirely just the play calls. But guess what? You just got done talking about four or five touchdowns on those those five possessions. Guess what happened on the possession after they got the football? They, they stalled out because of the play calling. Questionable but play mean, calling. But they didn't need points, though. It's true. It's true, but I mean, we we talked about that a little bit in the live game, you know, in the live reaction that that it's like, okay, well, here we're about to see four men and Andy. They're about to get the ball back. You're about to see that. So it kind of negates some of it. Like, we know that. Josh McDaniels knows that. Everybody in the Raiders organization knows that if they miss that. Like, there's there's your risk element. It, it's mitigated by the fact that they're probably going to go in a little bit vanilla. You're probably going to be in a situation where if you put them up against it and there's a fourth and short, 
Andy Reid's probably not going for it in the regular season in that scenario. We've seen him go for it. It's usually in more high leverage situations post game, you know, regular their <laughs> postseason and some regular season games that really, you know, super matter at the end of the season. But at that point, you're probably expecting that you get him to a fourth and short. They're going to pump the ball away. You're going to get the ball back. And they did with plenty of time left. Tucker's got something for us. Yes, I do. I got some couple of quotes from Chris Jones, courtesy of our friend of the program, James Palmer. Uh, Chris said he and Derek Carr, who are friends, had a laugh about the roughing the passer call after the game. Jones said Carr told him uh, he has no idea why that was called a roughing the passer. Uh, Jones also said in the locker room he would like roughing the passer calls to be able uh, to be reviewable in the future. He said there's nothing else he could have done. Said he's well over 300 pounds, so it sounds like the NFL is now fat shaming. Um, <laughs> Hate, hate to see that uh, from the league. Also, two minutes ago, That's perfect. That is incredible. Chris Jones quote tweeted a video of him uh, tackling Derek Carr with two shrug emojis. Yeah, that giant shrug emojis. He's actually yeah. It's one of the, oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Love it. Guys, this is one of the things I want to bring back up as a discussion point because it's all anyone's going to talk about this week is how quickly when the NFL feels like it gets embarrassed or gets called out for something that's egregiously bad, they will change it quickly. When not, they'll make it seem like we'll just let this kind of pass over until the next time. Between the Tom Brady thing and then tonight on national TV where everybody's watching, do you feel like there's any kind of legitimate case that they may change some things? Not wait until the offseason, but can change it right now as far as how they make that call or not reviewable. That's a bigger deal. But there's got to be a memo, a fax, like email sent out to all the refs being like, we cannot keep up this or it's going to destroy, not destroy the game. We're not going to make big statements like that, but it it's going to water down things and it's going it, to cause issues. It tarnishes moments. I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's tarnished the moments this weekend. It's become the big storyline and it's overshadowed the the games on the field this this week. I think there's some legitimacy to, you know, I, I'm not, don't be too grand with it, but I know I'm with you, but at the same time, like, yeah. that's the storyline. That's, no one cared about the on-field moments this week. But that was the same storyline from the Bucks game. And then Jerome Boger, Broger Boger came out and said, Hey, I thought it was a penalty. So deal with it. I mean, that was his response. So like, mm -hmm. I, I think if it was a bigger deal to the NFL, if they cared, then that would have been a much different, uh, like it would have been a much different message. They, he essentially came out and said, Nope, I thought it was a penalty. I threw the flag because of X, Y, Z here it is. Like, and that was his official statement after the game. I don't know if like the, overall like NFL officiating has released anything on it or anything like that. But his statement about it just being like, Nope, that was the call. Get over it. Kind of thing. Just kind of, I think that shows you right now what at least the referees think about what these plays are and what they feel like about like in terms of, in terms of changing them or making something different. I don't think it's going to change. And I think what we're going to see is uh, at the owners meetings this next off season that, the Chiefs will bring it up. Um, somebody, somebody will bring it up, and it'll kind of flash in the news cycle again. And they'll say, "Well, we're making an emphasis to let them play a little bit more and not call that." And then we'll be right back here in the middle of next year for some play that's on another Tom Brady esque level of quarterback. It, you know, that it's, it's gonna it'll be a play that looks exactly like that, and the quarterback will get hurt. <laughs> Yes. That's, that's and then the they'll thing. freak it's, out and say, we can't yeah, have this yep. happening. Then they'll go the you know, other way. We can't have a physical game lead to injuries. You're playing with fire a little bit. And like, I don't, I'm not, I, there's some people have speculated. 
out there that perhaps some of the stuff that has happened with Tua Tagovailoa and some of his forceful hits to the ground. That's a very high profile position that had a concussion. I don't think it had anything to do with a roughing call necessarily, but some people have kind of speculated a little bit that that could be something in played into factor. In fact, someone asked Jerome Boger about that and he said, no, <laughs> but no one tells the truth a hundred percent of the time in the, uh, in the national football league. So like, it's just something to at least like kind of put in the back of your brain, like high profile positions being put in a situation like that, you know, uh, it, 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 it's, it can be a little tricky. I think at times, um, guys, I, I'm trying to think, is there anything either side of the ball now? Like we talked a little bit, maybe some un, unheard things or, you know, some stuff on the offensive side of the ball, just any storyline you don't think we've covered yet that you want to get off your chest. Maddie, go. Listen, Craig has an entire spreadsheet right now of defensive fireballs ready to unleash on you. So let this man talk about his defense real quick. Nah, man. No, no. 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 I'm not going to unleash <laughs> you, the fireballs. I'll save I that for the lab tomorrow night. I think no, the, need... the one that I'm going to do, Joshua Williams. High leverage situation. He's the guy. Joshua Williams and Dion yeah. Bush in the game in that scenario. Rashad Fenton was not on the field. I know there's a lot of questions because, you know, Trent McDuffie's coming back next week. What is this secondary going to look like? Is the rookie going to start opposite of Jalen Watson? Guys, I think that should tell you something right then and there. In a situation, in a gotta-have-it moment, I didn't see any injury to Rashad Fenton. Maybe there was. So I I have been told that he was limping pretty hard when that play before chasing down Derek Carr when he was coming on the pits. People have told me that. Now, to counter, they also moved Watson around a lot after Fenton got smoked. That's that's what I was going to say. (laughs) Yeah, part of it still counts. Continue. Yes, because they were were having Jalen Watson shadow Devontae Adams after that initial onslaught by Adams on Fenton. So you got to see a lot more Jalen Watson being trusted to be in that role. That doesn't seem like the scenario where Trent McDuffie comes back, a guy who's gotten this trust, a guy who has been the guy that they've looked at pretty hard so far. Trent McDuffie's going to come back and he's going to have a starting spot. I'm going to guess we are going to see Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, and Legereus Sneed Uh-oh. after the these things. Man, that is incredible production from a rookie class. And they're going to get – it's going to be a trial by fire week one with all three of those guys on the field. But I think that that's probably the three that we're going to see next week. All right, so I have one thought here. Um, I'm going to ask you guys this question. The Chiefs' defense has played great. They've played above their heads, I would argue, with a lot of rookies. Um, they've played shorthanded. Do we think mm-hmm. that this was the week that missing Willie Gay, that missing Trent McDuffie, Mike Dana, Tershawn Wharton for most of the game? Is Frank this the work? Frank Clark for over half the game, who was playing out of his mind to start the game. Yeah. It, yeah. It feels like this might have been the week, though, that we started to see this defense miss some of the key players that are, you know, at every level of that defense that just aren't on the field right now. I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's definitely fair. It's a limited sample size, but Trent McDuffie and what we got to see from him looked like the best of the rookie defensive backs. And that tiny little bit we saw against the Cardinals, but like, it, that makes sense. He's your first overall pick in the draft. You anticipate that. So getting him back will be helpful. Willie Gay is clearly their most athletic linebacker that shows the most range. And that's an area they have definitely struggled with. 
I don't know if in this particular game, if he necessarily gives their run defense a whole nother level or anything like that, but not having Frank Clark for a half, not having Mike Dana for the entire game, and then losing Tershawn Ward, like all those things combined together, I think definitely plays a role. And them not being... Yeah, like I think this, you could definitely tell this week. I don't know if it's specifically the Raiders, but like this week, like it all kind of caught up to them. And I think yeah. the extra injuries with Clark and everybody coming all at once. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, because they played pretty cohesive, pretty together for most of this year. Raiders weren't doing anything that the Chiefs hadn't seen and hadn't defended well. And it just seemed like everybody was a little out of sorts. Uh, people were struggling to hold their gaps, be in the right gaps and the run fits struggling to tackle that's not something that we've seen out of you know other guys not named Willie Gay Jr. so far this season so I mean it, it, there were just a lot of things that did not look up to what we had seen the first three four weeks of the season and so I, I'm looking at it a little bit as there's there's another explanation other than just oh they suck now you know I, I don't think that's the case yeah I think we're gonna see a little bit of a step up again the Bills they might not statistically they might not look as good as maybe they had earlier in the season but i do think that we see a little bit of a rebound game especially if they get some of those guys back all right guys before we wrap up this show and we get our final thoughts i do want to bring up a picture right now because anybody that's following with the casey sports network knows that part of what we're trying to do with this network is give back to the community in different ways and the my first game campaign that we started this year is partnering with the boys and girls club of greater kansas city and we're providing four tickets to every chief's home game for kids who have never been pictures you're looking at right now are tessa and colton again part of the boys and girls club of greater kansas city and our partnership with them gave them tickets sent them and their families out to the game, took them to the team store, got them some foam fingers to try to give them an experience in a game that they will never forget. Hopefully they weren't around fans that were uh, letting the refs <laughs> have it uh, in this game, but uh, already got an email from our, uh, our good partner, uh, Jason over at the boys and girls club, got an email from their family saying how much fun they had and how much of uh, it, uh, you know, it's an experience that those kids are going to remember forever. So if you're watching the show and you're a big time Chiefs fan, you've been to Arrowhead, just know that uh, one of the things that we're trying to do at KCSN is give as many kids as that that opportunity as we possibly can. So when we started the KCSN Foundation, which we've got our charity golf tournament coming up this weekend, we do all of these things throughout the year. We're raising money. It's for things like the My First Game campaign uh, and to give back in that way. It's awesome to see those pictures. It's why we do it. And we'll be continuing to do that for the rest of the season. So take a quick break and then bring those pictures up. So I appreciate everybody that is listening. That's donated to our foundation or donated any things that we do. We're trying to give back as much as we possibly can uh, to make it more than just, you know, doing great content. So, all right, guys, let's get our final thoughts going into next week. Got a big one, obviously uh, against the Buffalo bills. And we were just talking about final thoughts going ahead. Maddie, we'll start with you. First of all, I'm here for the budding Max Crosby, Patrick Mahomes rivalry. Uh, Crosby played a great game. These two are yelling at each other the entire game. They're getting each other's face. Like I'm here for that for every Chiefs Raiders game. And I think they actually do respect each other a lot. Uh, also highly excited for the Bills game because the Chiefs came out flat yet again versus an inferior opponent. It's something they do pretty frequently. What do we know about the Chiefs though? They usually come out pretty high versus teams that they have a chip on their shoulder against or teams that they respect a lot more. So I am excited to see what they look like on Sunday. I think it'll hopefully look a lot more like the Bucks game or the second half of this game because that's kind of what they usually do uh, once they have those kind of matchups coming up. 
My big takeaway is Sky Moore is your closer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he, he's the guy you turn to when it comes to the end of the game. I mean, so we confusing. haven't really mentioned him much, but look good and limited touches, uh, big, you know, some chunk plays, get him ahead of the sticks. Love seeing him get to be integrated a little bit more. Want to see a little bit better performance off of both sides of the ball, you know, coming up here. But division games on, you know, primetime. Those are tough, man. Like they, they, you can't take it for granted. So uh, take the win when you can. Plenty to clean up. Uh, I think helps on the way a little bit. You're going to see, I think, probably Trey Smith back. You're going to see Trent McDuffie back. Um, you've got plenty to kind of Willie Gay. Willie uh, is Willie Gay back this week, or is I think no, he's, nope, he's, nope. It's another couple, weeks, but he'll be back soon. He's back soon. Uh, for the Bills game specifically, obviously, it'd be nice to have him too. But uh, you're going to need a little bit more reinforcements are on the way. One positive takeaway I think you got to think about though with this football game: no turnovers. Uh, they forced one, <laughs> didn't get called, but they forced one. And uh, yeah, I just hey, protect the football, play well. Let the best player in the world take you where you need to go. You're gonna be just fine next week. Next week against a really good Bills team. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna bring this up because I talked about it during the week that I thought this was gonna be a big opportunity for one of the receivers or the receiving game to step up and have a big game. I'm gonna give a shout out to McCole Hardman playing through. You know, what, he's obviously in some pain. Um, I don't know the fact that they gave him the ball that he goes out and they show him on the broadcast being as much pain as he was. And then like literally 20 seconds later, he gets the handoff or gets the, mm. you know, the end around uh, and picks up a first down, but shout out to McCole. And then shout out to Marquez Valdez Scantling uh, made some big plays in this game, finished where they team high 90 yards uh, in the game. So shout out to both those guys for playing. Well, it's what you're going to need when you go up against a team that has got more offensive firepower. When you play the Buffalo bills, you're going to need those guys to both step up and make the big time plays. So uh, shout out to those guys. And then, uh, yeah, way to overcome. I agree with what Craig said. At this point, you just check the box, move on. Chiefs are four and one. The Raiders are one and four. Chargers are dealing with all kinds of injuries. The first thing you got to do is win your division. Uh, and the Chiefs separated themselves by pulling this one out tonight. Mm -hmm. So that's a big one uh, to where you go up against, uh, you know, Buffalo, and you're not hoping not to end up at 500. Yeah. Um, so huge. That's that's a huge game yeah. and a huge win. So we appreciate everybody uh, for tuning in to our live post game show. We'll have plenty more content at KCSN during the week to get you ready uh, for that upcoming matchup against the Buffalo Bills. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn those notifications off. We've got 18 chief shows a week on the network from a plethora of hosts and different personalities and different perspectives. So uh, tune in for all of that. And if you're listening to the audio, we appreciate you following along, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google play, wherever you're at, we appreciate your support. Go ahead and rate and review and give us that five-star rating. We'd appreciate it uh, for Kent, for Tucker, for Maddie and Craig. We appreciate all of you and we'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.